You are now listening to the Wiser Words podcast. Hey everyone, here today we are with Andrea Piki, design leader here in London, um, ex-British Airways, Sony and Samsung. Um, so today we're going to be talking about how to implement human-centered design into company. Thank you, Tom. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Awesome. So how, when, you go into, when you first go into a company, how do you implement uh, human-centered design, design thinking into companies which maybe don't necessarily understand it to its fullest and um, the strengths it can deliver? Well, the first thing is it depends from the role that you have in the company. Uh, you should understand the level of commitment because one story is if you join as a head of, another story is if you join as a VP, director, yeah. or chief design officer, sure. in the best case. Yeah. Because that is define the magnitude of the change that you can achieve. Yeah. Imagine if you are the head of, sure. and then you start to face some challenges when you want to align yourself with the other heads of, yeah. that they may or may not have different priorities compared to you. Sure. While if you are a senior vice president or vice president, maybe yeah. you have all the heads of reporting to you, you may be more in charge of yeah. the changes they are requires. Yeah. So, so that's the first thing, understand how you join that yeah. company. Sure. So then if, if you go into a company as say a head of UX or head of CX, CX lead, who reports into a product, a head of product, who then reports into a CMO, who then reports into a CEO, how do you get buy-in from the CEO or the CMO? who maybe doesn't necessarily understand UX and doesn't have a big research budget to be able to gather that data to tell them this is what our users are, are looking for? Well, again, it depends from um, the, the structure of the company. Company like, uh, for example, Google, they're very flat and yeah. when you can go straight to the CEO because sure. what you have to do in those cases is to align all the goals. Something that you can do in uh, in Google, for example, or yeah. we use like uh, OKR. There is another yeah. goal setting tool called for the X, which is very good. Yeah. But the the goal here is to set an objective that comes from the vision, sure. and then cascade all the goals from yeah. top to bottom. If you can do that, then you ensure that what you do is aligned with the level above. So if you can't do that because it's very vertical, the company sure. that, that you work in and uh, is not allowed for, from the culture or the reason, you can skip one level yes. because they take yeah. in the wrong way. The only thing you can do is talk with your manager, understand what are yeah. uh, what your boss, uh, yeah. what are his or her priorities, yeah. and then try to deliver on those priorities. Yeah. If you agree with them sure. and you share them, and then align what you can do yeah. with their priorities. So at least you achieve one level of buy-in, yeah. and then if you can go beyond, you can iterate. For sure. And when would you, especially in the recruitment process, how would you gauge if a company's really bought into what you do? So if you're mm -hmm. going in as a design leader to implement uh, a huge digital, help implement a huge digital transformation, and they're saying all these buzzwords, yeah, we need you here, we need you here, we'll pay you this amount of salary, when would you say to someone, it's not even worth it? It's not even worth it. It's very simple, Tom. Very yeah. simple. So ask one single question. Yeah. Well, it's not that with one question you can yeah, save sure. the world, right? Yeah. But <clears throat> ask that question. Who is the most senior yeah. designer 
or advocate in the company. Okay, yeah. If you say, for example, who is the most senior uh, designer, right? Yeah. And you say, okay, we have a chief design officer. Okay. That tells you that there is a huge commitment in that, in that organization in terms of yeah. bringing design at a higher level, right? But if they say, well, you are, you are yeah. the lead UX okay. in this company and you have to bring design inside the company, sure. that's a huge red flag. Yeah. If your goal is to bring design uh, maturity up, in yeah. that place. If it's just to just work somewhere and yeah. get the job done, sure. it's fine. Yeah. But if you want to know that, that's just yeah. asking about the most senior designer or advocate. Why I say okay. advocate? Yeah. Because sometimes uh, you have design advocates, they are not purely designer mm -hmm. by, by title. Yeah. Uh, it can be a chief marketing officer, sure. which is really into design, he loves design, he protects design, yeah. he just doesn't have that title, right? But maybe he also has a design background, you, we, yeah. you never know. Yeah, so yeah, sure. senior designer slash advocate in the company, that tells you, gives yeah. you the pulse okay. of that organization. For sure. So then if you're going, if, the, if they want you as the, as the sole design leader to, to raise the maturity, how would you go about that? So what, what sort of people would you look to bring in? How would you like to work? So, first of all, you need at least a level of seniority that yeah. allows you to make some of the changes yeah. that are required because, of course, it's a long-term change. And when you want to change a company, we talk about large-scale yeah. change. Yeah. And you need four things. Uh, those type of changes are based on four layers that you have to build. Yeah. The first is the skill. You have yeah. to teach the skill. Sure. Then you have to provide the tools mm -hmm. to people. Yeah. Then you have to set the roles. Yeah. And then you have to support the norms. Okay. So you, you go from, from a cognitive point of view, like you have to teach people and you have to provide them the tools to get that job done in the way you want, to the social things, the, the two layer on top, mm -hmm. right? So you have to set the roles. Yeah. So you need to be senior enough to set certain roles in the company sure. and then you have to support the norms so the norms are just another word to say that you want to support the behavior that you want in that mm -hmm. company for example yeah. be human centered regardless of yeah. what you do sure. because the ultimate goal is to see and here i have to make a step back yeah. so because design is just a mindset yeah. so it's not a process it's not a tool Design is a mindset and designing yeah. is the practice of generating value through problem solving. Yeah, sure. That's what differs. So design from heart, which is purely uh, a form of self-expression, right? I put out a message that comes from inside myself. Sometimes I have a goal, like a trigger reaction or not, but it's always a selfish activity right and in a good way not in a bad way but design is altruistic so you solve problem for one or more people which may or may not include yourself mm -hmm. so if you want to do that you need to put in place those layers yeah. and to achieve some of the especially the social the later level, you need yeah. to be very senior so yeah. what you want to do uh, you join the company you understand what you can do if you are, for example, head of, yeah. definitely you can teach the skills okay. and then you can, you can provide the tools, sure. but inside the design team, you can't go outside. Yes. You can't. Why can't you? You can't because you, you are the head of in your design team, yeah. right? So your team is, is, exists 
in a given environment, yeah. which is, for example, to be a good designer, I have to do X. Yeah. Then you have the developers okay. that answer to another question. To yeah. be a good developer, I have to do Y. And then to be a good product guy, yeah. I have to do Z. Yeah. Right? Those three things, they are conflicting. So for you, yeah. when you start to talk with the developers or a product, okay. which is doesn't have to uh, uh, necessarily answer to the same boss of view, yeah. that person probably would say, I would like to do it, yeah. and I think it is also great things to do, but I can't do it because my boss told me to do slightly different things, mm. right? So that is what, what happened when you say, oh, why have to spend time with designers as a developers? Yeah. They feel it has a wasting of time. It's not that because they don't want to do it, but because they are aware, aware of yeah, the fact sure. that the head of devs is yeah. going to reward them yeah. for delivery points, not to spend time with designers. Sure. We pay design for that, yeah, right? Sure. So, But as, as, as you know, being in design, and as I know, speaking to many people in the design industry, that if, especially, this is what I see what, what's happening at the moment, is you do a great UX piece, you then hand over to developers, and then, especially if you're a contractor, you leave the company because you've done your bit. And then what happens when they, they develop the, the product, it's completely different to how you set it out and how you, and how you did your research and how you did the flows and who it's aimed to. Yeah. So my question is, if you're going as a perm, say like a chief design officer, head of, head of design, you, surely you want to get them all sing from the same hymn sheet, right? Because the business yeah. goals surely are the user goals. Yeah. Well, um not necessarily in those terms, yeah. like literally in those terms. Yeah. It is more that on one side, yeah. you have a problem, yeah. right? That you know that if you solve it, yeah. you are going to generate value for a given set of people. So user need, people needs. Yeah. And then, and then you, you know that if you keep fulfilling those needs, in, in a certain way, yeah. you are also able to build a business model yes. around this fulfillment. Yes. Think about think about. I know that summer is very hot, especially in Italy, where I'm coming from. So, and I want to create something refreshing, yeah. and that is very tasty. That is called ice cream. Yeah. Now I'm doing something. I give it to you, and you really love it. Mm -hmm. And then I'm solving totally one of your problems because yeah. you're working by the beach and you're very warm and yeah. you want to just refresh yourself. Sure. And then I say, well, maybe I can do it to another one and then to another one. Yeah. So what if I just put a shop here yeah. that monetize yeah. the win-win situation, sure. right? Now I sell ice cream to everyone, but that is based on the fact that I'm fulfilling those needs, not because I want to just make money. Yeah. People just don't care. Right about what you want. So as long as you do that, yeah. th this is a sustainable business model. And then you, your goal, that's another, maybe argument for, for another uh, podcast, but it's about building relationships. One of, my, one of my favorite sayings is, in any walk of life, the more value you bring to someone, the more money you're naturally going to get paid or the more well, money you're going to receive. No, so that, it's the same that, for a business, right? That's absolutely. I mean, if you check one of my presentation on my, yeah. on my website, you can see that in life there is five types of value, main measure values, two are quantitative, uh, financial and, and functional. And yeah. then you have three, which is purely qualitative, yeah. emotional, identity, and meaningful, which is composed by 15 different core meanings. Yeah. So, and I give you an example. In uh, April 4, mm -hmm. or a few years ago, what happened is that Facebook, Bought uh, 
uh, Instagram. Yeah. So the book value of Instagram was uh, one week prior to the acquisition, 35 million, right? Mm -hmm. And then became a little bit more, it became 50 million because they put like a, a, some, some money and then became 85 million the day of the acquisition. So if, I don't know if you remember how much Facebook paid for Instagram, but... It was, it was over a billion, wasn't it? Yeah, it was 1.1 billion. Yeah. So my question for all the people that they say they're a qualitative or premium value, it doesn't count that much, is yeah. why Facebook paid one more billion to acquire yeah. a company that has a book value, and that is a term from MBA sure. lingo, the, or 85 million, because the billion, it was the qualitative type yeah. of value, the relationship established with the people that were using Instagram. So. What, what, what you said yes. is completely right. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to expand a little bit on that and say the more qualitative value you deliver, yeah. the more money you get because you start to touch, dive deep into the emotional, the identity, yeah. and, and the meaningful. Yeah. Think, about, think, think about like, uh, uh, there is like, a, maybe it's L'Oreal, there is that blondie girl that just uh, said like, strong is beautiful. Oh, yes. You see? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. think about that slogan, strong is beautiful. Yeah. It's tapping into the identity yeah. of girls sure. that today, they go to the gym, they, they do core feet, yeah. and they say, Look, I'm in shape, but yeah. I don't look like a man. That's yeah, that's yeah, a beautiful yeah, yeah. body, right? Yeah. So they are tapping into that identity. Yeah, they don't yeah. say you you can you, you have a better perfume or you, you can yeah. you can wash yourself faster, which is qualitative or quantitative. Sure. They tap into the identity. They say yeah. strong is beautiful because then if you relate with that. Sure. You can unleash way more value and engage way more people and establish long-lasting relationship because what we know from research but also just looking at what happened with company like Apple for example yeah. that the only way to establish a long-lasting uh, business mm -hmm. is to use the qualitative value yeah. and establish a relationship yeah. because what happened then even if the last iPad or iPhone sucks you buy anyway because that is the relationship yeah. that you have with them yeah. that I mean we all have a friends yeah. that screw up that we still love it, right? Because yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. happens is the relationship, yeah. it can be forgiven yeah. because Absolutely. it's based on different things. Yeah. If I have in common with you emotional stuff, identity, and we share the same core meaning, yeah. it doesn't matter if you make a mistake yeah. because that is nothing compared to the rest. So now we diverge a little bit, but that can give a glimpse of what the magnitude yeah. or, or the change or the difference you can make when you start to tap on those things. So, so going back to um, bringing design thinking into a company. So you've got, so you've gone into a company, and now your task is to build out a team which are aligned to your values, and you want them all to be yeah. sitting on the same hymn sheet as they come in. And the problem I see in the industry, one of well, one of the one of the problems is there's a lot of education schools out there, you know eight-week, ten-week boot camps who do very process-driven UX work, how would you advise someone coming into, in, how would you advise someone coming into the industry now um, to think, at, think across the bigger picture of design? So okay. thinking holistically, okay, that's, service that's design, a very good CX, question. UX, um, not just focusing on. So uh, the first thing is to uh, dive deep uh, into the conversation that you have with, the, with that person. Yes. So in a perfect world, you will 
let's say you reach the end, you believe this is a good guy or good or good yeah. girl, and then you want to hire that person in a perfect world, you have that person you pay yeah. for one or two weeks, and then you work together, and that is the best way, right? So, try before buy, right? right? But sometimes that's, it, it's hard because maybe that person is already working in another place, yeah. he can't get one week of leave, he doesn't want, sure. perfectly fine. And so what you can do, you have to have a deep conversation. And you can use some techniques, like uh, in, in research, we use a, a technique called, for example, laddering, okay. which we use usually to uncover the core meanings of a person. Yeah. Because when you ask a question, for example, uh, why you love this place, yeah. right? The first, the first answer that I get is not the truth. Okay. Because for you, because the part of the brain that yeah. elaborate the feeling and the emotion is yeah. not the part of the brain responsible for language. Okay. So for you, when you start to say, to, to, to try to connect those two hemispheres, sure. they start to, to just like a shortcut. Yeah. It's like if I ask you why you love your wife and yeah. you, or, or maybe, and you start to say things like, oh, she's funny yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. and maybe, oh, she's always with me. And it, she looks yeah. like a Labrador, like a dog, yeah, right? Yeah. You say, well, what, what are you yeah, saying, yeah, right? Yeah. But because at the beginning, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at, the, at the beginning, yeah. at the beginning, it, it's really hard. So yeah. with the laddering, which is a technique, is that you keep investigating and you keep dive deeper mm -hmm. with following up question, yeah. the, previ the previous sure. answer. And then you go deeper, deeper and deeper and deeper until yeah. you reach the bottom. What happened is that in terms of knowledge, the way you can mm, uh, apply to uh, this use case sure. is the person is start to go answer in a deeper way to your question, deeper way, deeper way. And then when, when the knowledge is, is that person is scratching the bottom of the knowledge, yeah. is going to go like a sideway, right? Yeah. You see that it doesn't go deeper than that yeah, yeah, and it just go on the side. Yeah. So when that person starts to go on the side yeah. and try to connect with other things or maybe re-elaborate what he, sure. he already said, you can, with a good degree of confidence, yeah. assume that this is the power of the knowledge of that given argument. Sure. So if you can do it for design, mm -hmm. and I mean, there is another technique which is probably most uh, uh, common that the laddering is like the yeah. five why, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, 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 why. It's yeah. based on the same things, yeah, but it's yeah. like a simplified version. So what, so with the, the industry at the moment, there's a lot of boot camps, there's a lot of online courses to allow you to get into mm. the industry. Obviously, you can learn the, the hard skills, you know, wireframing, prototyping, user flows, etc. Do you believe you can learn design thinking? In, and, and if you can, or do you think it's sort of an innate thing that you have? You, you're naturally curious, no. you're naturally empathetic. Well, well so if we, if, we, if we say that we have like a psychopathic, yeah. which is completely on the other side of the spectrum or someone very empathetic, yeah, yeah, yeah. We also have to say that you, you, you may be more inclined to be empathetic, right? Sure. Which is my version. Okay. But it's something that you can learn. Yeah. And for what we have to do on daily basis yeah. is more than enough. Yes. Right? Yeah. If you want to be the next top designer on the planet yeah. or, or the next, like the next Ronaldo in football, yeah. maybe you have yeah. to have that genetic yeah. uh, starting point. 
but in the vast majority is, is more than enough. So yeah. it can be learned, but I, the problem is that the people, they don't know that much about how to teach skills to people. So uh, again, one of my presentation, you can see those yeah. numbers that I'm about to, to tell you. But uh, the retention rate of information, it can be as low as 5% when you listen to something, yeah. and as high as 95% wow. when you teach. Yeah. But if you chunk, like if you cut in the middle, you have the lower, like uh, zero to let's say 50%, yeah, yeah individual and passive activities which can be go to a conference yeah. so basically listen and then you have the 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 other part when you yeah. retain the most is when you have collective okay. and active type of activities yeah. so that's why the boot camp yeah. in some way is probably as a good thing yeah. the problem is that is what well, is a good thing is not a bad thing yeah, let's yeah. Let, let's put it this way but the problem with the boot camp is that it needs, it needs a context. It needs to be one step of a more articulated journey, yes. yeah. which is bringing design thinking. Yeah. If we do a boot camp, right, even if it's in a collective and an active type of activity, and you retain quite a good amount of stuff that we did because you did you did them yeah. right and then you don't follow up and then that bootcamp is is out of context yeah. because it's like a one-time activity it doesn't make yeah, any yeah, sense yeah. it doesn't belongs to anything that is happening in the company on daily basis yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going to be lost i mean yeah, uh, sure. you can learn you can learn many things we all did in the past yeah. And then you don't, you don't do that for 10 years or yeah. even sometimes 10 days. You lost them. So how, how would you say if someone's watching this video and they want to get into UX or design, but they've got no prior commercial experience, they maybe haven't got a degree in, you know, human-centered in interaction, yeah. how, how, can they go, how can they go about it? What would you say the best steps are? <laughs> Reading? Teaching, like you just well, said? Well, um, so first of all, um, I like to say that I come from a very poor family yeah. with very limited resources. Yeah. So I learned the hard way that sometimes you have to do the best you can do, exactly. right? Because I would say go to Stanford, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, or go to MIT. Yeah. But, but it would be yeah. an unrealistic thing, yeah, right? Yeah, so sure. if the only thing you can do is read, yeah. that's, that's what you have to do and plan for the next app. But I yeah. would say that you have to first uh, have very clear in your mind that being a design, design is a mindset yeah. and you have to acquire that mindset. Okay. So the way you can do it is only by repetition. And let me, let me, yeah. let me, let me elaborate on this because uh, the way uh, that the mind learned change yeah. uh, from zero to seven years more or less and after seven years there is there is a old proverb like uh, an Asian one that say give me a man before seven years yeah. a, 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 a kid yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'll give you the man yeah. right after seven years yeah, yeah, yeah. because after seven years yeah. basically the the language of your brain changes so before seven years you are like in a state of like a sure. hypnosis yeah. so you absorb yeah. in a completely different way so after that point yeah. which is 
yeah, us, yeah. right? The only thing you can do is to repeat a behavior, yeah. something, and then, and then push that down into sure. subconscious. Yeah. So what I will do is to, even if it's a mindset, mm -hmm. is you learn the process, yeah without being a big fan of the process, yeah. is just because the first step of learning yeah. after seven years sure. is always copy. Yes. And then once you absorb yeah. those steps, you start to interpret them in your way, yeah. right? So you start to follow the process, follow the process, follow the process, yeah. until that you, you possess that process. And then you start to, which can be in an in 200 different boot camps, yeah. in the university, in, in uh, non-paid internship, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be in your house, solving yeah. problems for other people, right? Yeah, Building yeah. prototype in, yeah. in your bedroom, it doesn't really oh. matter, right? And then, and then you start, once you master that process and you wanna come up with your slightly different interpretation, yeah. which is surrounded by your core values and all yeah, this yeah, stuff, yeah. you start to challenge and apply that, that personal way of solving problems to many different yeah. environments sure. to increase the, the exposure of and fortify sure. your, 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 your yeah. problem solving skills. Yeah, and obviously you said there about um, that design mindset. So would you advise getting mentors, meeting up with people? So that you're, you're, you're the product of your environment, <laughs> right? So if you're around people like yourself who you live and breathe this every day. Oh, absolutely. Man, ma mentoring is the number one. But do you also believe, I believe this in the industry at the moment, there's, yeah, there's a lot of mentor programs for juniors and people want to help juniors, but do you also think people at a senior level who want to take that step up to the lead level, head of level, also need mentors? There's not, there's not much awareness around that sort of level. We all need mentorship. Yeah every time we have to go to the next level. Yes. So every time we have to learn something. Yes. So if you are lead, and that's what would be nice to touch into this because when you are lead and you wanna be head of, yeah. I'll tell you that until lead is about the craft, yeah. right? Well, it's not 100%, but it's sure. for the vast majority about the craft, yeah. right? So you have to, I'm a big fan of martial arts, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And then you, when you are in the martial arts world, you spend usually 10 years dreaming about the black belt. Yeah. And uh, which is about learning the technique. Then you get the black belt, mm -hmm. like uh, close to the head of. Yeah. And once you have that belt around your waist, you realize that, you, first of all, you don't know shit. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I guess yeah, yeah. Right, you don't know anything. Yeah. And because life is about to implement what you know yeah. into unknown situation, yeah. which is about soft skills. Yeah. So especially from lead to head off, yeah. there is a huge jump from head off to director yeah. last, from director to VP last, but especially from lead, because you jump from the craft yeah. to, the, uh, to the leadership. Right, which means that is about understanding people, yeah, right? Sure. And which is use in, in a good way the yeah. resources that you have. Sometimes yeah. are people, sometimes are tools. So mentorship so say, is something so, that is, is required yeah. from, from anyone. Someone's at a senior practitioner level now and they, they think they're ready to be a design leader, design advocate in the company. How, do you, how would you advise them when they know they're ready? <clears throat> okay, so... Uh, I guess in this case you 
you're never ready because there'll never be another transition in your career like this one that will uh, put you in, in front of such a different type of challenge because before it was about a hard skill and the craft yeah, sure. uh, from now on we'd be about soft skill yeah. and leadership so and then in the future from head off to direct to VP yeah, to yeah, officer yeah. it will be more similar right sure. so you're never ready and I'll give you what I, what I think is a good is a good way of approach it yeah. but by no I mean I'm suggesting to do anyone yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I base this on passion and yeah. the willingness of doing what is required yeah. because you are never ready it's like a, can you be ready or be a father? Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you never you know until it happens, right? It never happened, yeah. right? So that type of things are so different from what you yeah. have done in the past that until you do it, it's like a, a wicked problem. Yeah. So solve the problem to yeah. understand the problem, right? In, in, in opposition to other type of problem, call it tame problem, okay. type of problem that already happened in the past, you can yeah. look back, learn from past experiences. Yeah. You can't do now. So you can't say this guy is ready because he knows how to be head off. Yeah. And that's why sometimes when the people hire head off, they prefer to say, oh, we want someone who's already head off. Yeah, because they want to cut the, the, the risk. But in my case, I say if that guy is ready to do what is required, which yeah. means to catch up, yeah. he has the foundations. He has a good leadership propension, yeah. and and he want he really wants to do it. Yeah. I know that he's going to make some mistakes. I make sure. a mistake. We all make yeah. a mistake. Well, it's not a big deal. Yeah. So if it's ready to do what is required, which means that maybe catch up in the night yeah. and study something, go to a conference or learn, go to a workshop, yeah, yeah. get a mentorship yeah. uh, from yourself or someone else. That's is what when I say this guy is ready. Yeah. And, and then be open to uh, yeah. some people make mistakes. And what would, so last question, how would you advise someone uh, to deal with imposter syndrome? Because we all, we've all had it, right? Yeah. So what's your advice? So um, as a psychologist, I can tell you that we all have a little bit of yeah. this imposter syndrome. Yeah. It depends from the environment of your family you are coming from, okay. the way your parents treat yeah, you yeah. and uh, the, the, the type of relationship you sure. develop with them if they nurture or not your self-esteem. Yeah. But as you say, you use the right word, deal. Yeah. You just have to deal with it. Deal with Everyone, it. I know I have, I have great people working for a company, I can't mention, but yeah. they say, I don't know why they are paying me, right? Yeah. I do what I love, I will yeah. do it for free if yeah. they knew that. Yeah. And then I don't even think I'm good, which I believe is great, yeah, yeah, yeah. but oh. because because at the end of the day, if you do what you love, yeah. you it, it comes somehow naturally, yeah. and there is not that much perceived yeah. struggle, sure. and then you end up saying, I'm not doing that much. Yeah. But actually, if you stop up a little bit, and you look the value that you deliver, the yeah. people they are growing, flourishing around you, and you can start to recognize that you're doing some good, yeah. And then you start to develop that override, yeah. that feeling, because it's something that can be overcome, to be honest. Sure. Just start thinking that you deserve it, yeah. and you back up that sentence with tangible fact. Yeah. I deserve it because look, I grew up designing from junior to yeah, lead. Yeah. Now he's working for a big company. Yeah. And the people, they want work right, with right, me. Sure. We achieve a lot of things. So yeah. when you start to back up, yeah. that positive thinking with yeah. tangible facts, sure. 
this is a the good start yes. as a good start to overcome the impossible right, right, right. but you never do it completely yeah. if you come from that yeah, family yeah. environment just keep in mind because yeah. otherwise you feel like a failure because yeah. you didn't completely overcome it's never going to yeah. happen maybe it will be five yeah. percent but that five percent will be enough to have a good life yeah. Yeah, 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 and yeah, to yeah. appreciate yeah. yourself Awesome. So um, that's a wrap. I really appreciate everything that um, that you mentioned there. I'm sure everyone's going to get immense value out of that. Um, so where can people find your work, your website, your publications? Yeah, very simple. Is everything is on my website, www.andreapicchi.it, yeah. like Italy. And then on my website, you can find everything, all my books, all my paper, all my interviews, all the conference, and all the topics basically we discussed, plus more.